heard the name Ebels, but now you need to remember My Delta 8. From the same people who brought you Ebels, My Delta 8 is Delta 8 THC, offering a semi-sedative physical sensation without the overwhelming mental simulation of Delta 9 THC, resulting in a smoother, much milder experience. Both Ebels and My Delta 8 offer both best quality product and customer service in the industry. From helping manage chronic pain, anxiety, depression, and more, the reviews are in, folks. Both Ebels and My Delta 8 are truly game changers as a natural alternative to big pharma drugs. And hey, yours truly here at the Brian Nichols Show can vouch for the quality of Ebels and My Delta 8 having to deal with a herniated disc in my back, plus years of sports injuries. Ebels and My Delta 8 offer relief where generic medicines simply mask the pain. And did you know you can get Ebels and My Delta 8 delivered right to your door at a special discounted price? That's right. All members of the Brian Nichols Show audience can use promo code TBNS at checkout and boom, discount applied. Again, that's code TBNS at checkout to get the highest quality CBD and Delta 8 THC on the market delivered right to your door. One more time, the code is TBNS at checkout. Victor Antonio, welcome to the program. Selling is all about, really, It's we're not selling a product, you're not selling a service, you're not selling value, you're not selling whatever you think you're selling, a solution. You're selling change. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. As a sales and marketing executive in the greater telecommunications cybersecurity industry, Brian works with C-level executives to help them future-proof their company's infrastructure for an uncertain future. And in each episode, Brian takes that experience and applies it to the liberty movement. And this is why we talk about being the trusted advisor. You should be able to help use that expert guidance and all the opinions that I'm sure that you have and help lead them towards not just a decision, but the right decision. Instead of focusing on simply winning arguments or being right, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and their application in the world of politics, showing you how to ask better questions, tell better stories, and ultimately change people's minds. And now, your host, Brian Nichols. Well, happy Friday there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. And thank you for joining us on, of course, another fun-filled episode with, of course, you know, another amazing guest. Today is, of course, uh, leading in that charge of amazing guests, Marcus Pittman. He is the CEO of Lore TV, and he has joined us. And, uh, Marcus, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and I'm going to address the elephant in the room. You're going to help us fight the culture with great storytelling. Marcus Pittman, welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Thanks thanks for having me on, Brian. Absolutely, Marcus. Thank you for joining the program, and thank you for what you're doing over at Lore TV. You're helping change the way we're having conversations by, frankly, changing the topics of conversation and changing the culture by doing great storytelling. That's what we talk about here over at The Brian Nichols Show is focusing specifically on reaching people where they're at and by using the tools that we talk about in the, the greater sales and marketing world specifically, and one of those areas is telling stories, being able to convey a message, and that's what you're doing right now over at Lore TV. So let's start things off. Introduce yourself to the audience and also. Also, I've mentioned it now three times, Lore TV, what is it and what, what's the uh, value it's been playing here in this greater culture space? Yeah, so uh, basically, my name is Marcus Pittman. I'm the CEO of Lore TV. I started this idea uh, for a new sort of streaming service that I like to say combines Netflix and Kickstarter together. So it's a way for filmmakers to be able to fund uh, the, mo- the movies and TV shows that they want to make while giving the audience a choice of the movies and TV shows they want to stream on the platform. And so the, the reason I did this is because one, um, everything is crowdfunded, right? Like that's how economics works. 
That's how the economy functions. Uh, Netflix and Disney Plus or the, uh, those streaming services, they take a portion of your monthly subscription and the combined monthly subscribers, and they fund you know the TV shows uh, that that you see on the streaming platform. Uh, the problem is you don't really get a say in what they choose. It's only about seven to eight people in the United States of America that decide all the content um, <laughs> that goes out before everyone. <laughs> and that's uh, a sort of oligarchy, sort of a mon monopoly. Um, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a very uh, crony capitalist society. Um, in the streaming or entertainment um, area. And so what I want to do is sort of provide a streaming platform where filmmakers can tell stories Hollywood would reject and not let be told and uh, where the audience can actually feel as if they're uh, actually taking part in the production of uh, these movies and TV shows. Like their money is actually helping build these platforms as opposed to just being sort of... Uh, sort of dormant and just watching, just consuming, uh, lore will allow the streamers to actually be uh, creators um, and, and help uh, build the streaming platform. How cool. How cool is that? Because I think you, you articulated it very well there, Marcus. The, the general way of doing things, the way we've consumed content, has been just that. You are given the content in whatever platform it may be, and you're really kind of forced to consume it whether you whether you like it or not you get your, your yeah you get your variation right but but it's still it's maybe not necessarily what you actually want and we just saw this uh, i'm you know that i'm not sure if you're into big into the star wars world but you know there was a big fight between the the filmmakers and the producers over at lucasfilm and the fans over the past uh brand new trilogy that came out here uh seven through nine and how disney really was battling the, the content creator fan base. And we, we see this kind of re recurring theme here over the past, I'd say five years, it's really reared its ugly head. But to your point, it's actually giving us something exciting to look forward to. And I think we've seen this more so over um, the different streaming platforms. You look at YouTube, you look at Twitch, where, where you have all of a sudden these different content uh, creators out there who are being supported by a, a rogue network of people in the marketplace completely... Uh, away from your traditional streaming platforms or the mainstream uh, traditional news platforms that you you know go down the you know, the Comcast right that owns NBC and all the other subsidiaries thereof and, and you, that's true for name the organization that's out there all of a sudden you have these rogue independent artists and creators who are going out and they're building an identity for themselves completely on their own without that infrastructure behind them and. You take it a step further to where we're going now with the blockchain, with with uh, you know the advancement of NFTs. Not sure if you 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 dabble into that world or not, but I know that that's you know one of the worlds our our guy yeah Chris Goizetta is super excited about the yeah, NFTs and being used in the music space. So talk to us. Where do you see and where are the conversations from the content creators and in this case the audience of people who are disseminating that information and now playing a, a real part in helping direct where the conversations are going to go in terms of the content being produced. Where, where do you see that actually heading as we, as we kind of go forward here? Yeah, well, I think it's important to, to note that um, all movies and storytelling is propaganda. Um, it's propaganda for something. Um, it, it, it could be propaganda for the government or it could be propaganda for something that the artist believes in or, or a message that the artist wants to get out. But all, all stories uh, mean something and they're trying to convey 
some sort of messaging and, and to you. And so what we want to do is we want to be, be able to create these stories, create these propaganda, uh, create this prop- propaganda for, for controversial issues and subjects that, that aren't going to be uh, well respected within the Hollywood uh, mainstream, right? Like, like uh, having, uh, for example, uh, do- we're going to do a documentary, uh, not a documentary series, we're going to be doing a, a TV series on uh, the financial, the banking collapse in 2008. Um, and so, and just, and then we're going to do documentaries against socialism and Marxism and why that's bad and, and really well done stuff, uh, stuff that you're not going to get done in the typical, uh, uh, Hollywood liberal, uh, environment, but also we're going to do conservative family driven stuff that you're not going to see in the current family driven landscape, whether that's like pure flicks or uh, let's say VidAngel, right? Those two are the probably the two Christian family options. And it's just a lot of their stuff is just cheesy Hallmark film nonsense uh, that nobody really wants to watch, especially men. <laughs> yep. and, so, and so we're, we're going to really go for that too. We're trying to be like, what is, what is like the MTV of conservative entertainment look like? Like, what does that look like? And we're not trying to be, just for the record, we're not trying to be, a conservative alternative um because i know conservatives like to invest their money in like the christian facebook right like or, or the conservative facebook is parlor right here's here's a uh getter right like these are the conservative versions of twitter conservative versions of facebook or whatever but that never really works out in the end um what what you need to do is you need to build better technology you need to build better brands and to build better things based on good ideas um, and uh, you know, it, it's like, uh, for like Uber was a great idea <laughs> Yeah. and then the Marxists took it over and now, you know, Uber is used to sort of combat this global warming Marxist uh, ideology and stuff. And so what we want to do for lore is we want to create a storytelling platform that we can use to counteract Marxism, counteract communism, counteract all these, uh, ridiculous government nonsense that we're seeing and just let artists tell stories. And we believe that the best story will win. Marcus, we've seen in a couple of those uh, other alternatives, you mentioned Parler being one of them. Um, there was a real push. Uh, and, and this might be a, a challenge. And I'm curious because maybe you, you addressed it when you were talking about better technology. But what do you do when you have big tech oligarchs who are out there trying to disseminate where the information not only can go, but how it gets out there, you know, going through and, and making it almost impossible for organizations like name the third party that would be out there alternative to Facebook, Twitter, WhatsApp, whatever it may be to actually have a chance to, to thrive on the marketplace. Is that something that you're concerned about for lore TV or have you already addressed that again with that, that better technology aspect? Yeah, no, I don't think I'm too concerned about it. It probably will happen at some point, but it's we're preparing for it. It's not something that we're not going to be like, oh wow, we never saw we never saw this happen. Uh, but the, the the other thing too is like in advance, we're we're to, we're talking like how do we build a streaming platform that encourages subscribers to encourage subscribing, right? Mm. Or, or sorry, encourage subscribers to tell their friends to subscribe, right? right? So how do we do that on platform, on our own platform, and not 
using Facebook or being dependent on, on YouTube or all these other platforms. So w w one of the good things about uh, a regulated economy, I mean, I mean, if there is any good thing to regulation, uh, the only good thing about regulation is that it causes companies uh, to find ways around it. Um, Uber is a great example of that. The New York City taxi cabs, right? They're regulated. You, it was like a million dollars to buy a taxi cab. And then Uber comes along and just completely decentralizes the entire cab industry yep. and pretty much destroys it. Um, and I think that happens, you know, that's going to happen to Hollywood um, where you have seven or eight people who are making the decisions on who's going to be the directors, who's going to be the big time producers. Um, and once you create a model that people uh, can actually fund movies and stories um, at, at scale, at that level, um, then I think uh, you're gonna you're gonna sort of solve all those problems. And and you, it's like the a line in a in Jurassic Park where it's like nature finds a way, but it's like it's like capitalism. Capitalism finds a way. Oh, I like that. And let's kind of go into some of the stories that you're telling already over at Lore TV because obviously this is all content being curated and supported by the subscribers. So let's dig into what are you seeing right now? You mentioned it's leaning more conservative, leaning traditional family values leaning, but not necessarily again into that hallmark kind of feel. What, what's the average, I guess, show or, or is there many different categories? What can someone expect when they go to Lore TV? We already have about 13 projects lined up that we'll be releasing as um, our subscriber base grows. Um, and so, uh, and then of course, obviously we're getting more and more all the time because we found, uh, a lot of the people we're talking to are top Hollywood artists. They've won Emmys, they've won Oscars, they've won all these, um, different awards, uh, but they're just sick of having to keep their head down, uh, worried that they're going to be fired because they don't call, you know, their coworker by the right pronoun, right? Like that's a real fear and concern, uh, that they have. And so what we're, what, what we're seeing is there's all these really talented artists. Uh, for example, one of the projects uh, that we're working on is called um, Exposed. And it's an animated short um, uh, series. It's sort of like, you know, you see these short, short cartoons on Disney Plus, like the Pixar shorts or something like that. But it's a short series completely based on abortion. And um, it's graphic and it's detailed and it's not going to make everybody happy. Uh, but it's animated by uh, secret undercover uh, Disney artists and DreamWorks artists. Um, and it just goes to show that there is a market for the talent uh, to be able to make really interesting and different stuff uh, that Hollywood would never let them. <laughs> like you'll never see exposed on Disney+. Plus. Um, and uh, so that's going to be up there for people to fundraise for. Um, and then, um, and then, uh, we have a documentary series on like, like a ghost hunting demon possession sort of documentary series. That's really, uh, fascinating and interesting. That's called a uh, dark holler. And then we have another, um, uh, a, a zombie Irish zombie comedy movie. That's won pretty much every film festival it's ever been to. Um, and it's made in our, it was made in Ireland by some Irish guys and just a really good, zombie movie that takes a jab at everyone being addicted to media and what they see on their phones um, and not being able to distinguish truth from reality or because of fake news. Um, so, so there's a lot of really cool and interesting stuff that we're working on and there's, there's more stuff 
uh, that we'll announce later on for sure as we grow. Uh, but right now we're about to launch the beta in a few weeks and then that beta will eventually go into an alpha and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll start taking over. I mean, you, you hear the libertarian or conservative themes in certain Hollywood movies. So, you know, that there, there, there are folks out there. They're, the content creators are there. I mean, I was watching Harry Potter. Now, granted, this is J.K. Rowling, who I, who I guess has now become an arbiter of the right. Is she right-wing now, right? Um, welcome. I know, we're getting some strange bedfellows. But she, um, I mean, when you're watching, like, Order of the Phoenix, and you see the overtly anti-state narrative, whether she intended it or not, I mean, Dolores Umbridge was literally the government school like that's that was her job she was a come in she was government and putting her role in the private school as government what should be taught and what shouldn't be taught at hogwarts like there are libertarian narratives we see and that was just one example meaning there are people out there who are likely willing to produce that content so let's give them that that platform and i've heard this time and again marcus this has been the biggest challenge is that People are so afraid of being canceled. They're afraid of of losing their jobs, losing their friends, uh, losing their their livelihoods. So there is a very real concern that a lot of these these content creators likely face and do face. And you mentioned the uh, the the DreamWorks Disney artist who who's going uh, anonymous. Do do you see that right now? A lot of the artists and, and content creators are coming to you in that form of anonymity or are they going out of their way and maybe taking a step and saying, Hey, we're going to put our name to these projects over at Lord TV. Some are, um, some aren't. We've actually coined a term called lore redacted. Um, and so it's, you know, sometimes you might see a film directed by redacted. Um, and we're going to do that as we're going to do that as a marketing play. But the goal is um, over a long, the long haul, not immediately overnight. The goal is, uh, that there should be no financial difference uh, or there should be no deferring financial incentive uh, to run your film on lore and get paid or to go through the Hollywood system and get paid. Um, so that's essentially the goal is like, how do we turn the film industry back into a free market um, where it's just artists getting paid for making good content um, that people want to see? And, and if we do it right, I think artists with lore are going to have more freedom uh, than, than they're, even if they don't get uh, the amount of money right away uh, that they would get that they typically have, they're going to have more freedom immediately. Um, we've already seen artists who are willing to take the price cut uh, just because uh, they're just starving for freedom. You know, we, we've called it uh, the artists in Hollywood have golden handcuffs. That's it's what they have. They're getting paid really well, um, and they just have to, you know, put their head down and shut up. Uh, but sometimes the desire to f- uh, make whatever you want um, is is bigger than the money. But my hope is that in the long term, uh, that won't be an issue. All right, Marcus. We talked about the who. We talked about the what. Now we got to talk about the how. How does this all work, right? Because obviously there needs to be the financial means to incentivize content creators to come over to Lore TV. And I looked over at the website, there is an invest button. So I'm, I'm sure there must be a fun story there. So let's kind of explain to the audience how this whole system over at Lore TV works, where content creators are actually getting paid and the audience is paying for the content they want to see. Yeah, so we have three tabs right now. One is subscriber, which is you just want to join Lore once it launches. Um, and so we're just taking your email there. And then 
the other thing is um, uh, creators. So if you're in the film industry, if you do film work, if even if you're in, you know, we have, we're talking to a lot of people that are really talented that are just in the commercial advertising industry. Um, and, and so maybe not even thought they would ever get a chance at Hollywood, uh, but they're super talented. So whatever you do in terms of uh, television and production or whatever, you can go to the creator tab and submit some of your work and we'll call you and um, hear your pitch. Um, and then um, the third category is investors, of course. And so for that, we're looking we're looking to be a, a major um, a tech company. We want to be a top global brand, uh, just like a McDonald's, just like a Netflix. Uh, but, but the difference is we want to be that global brand that doesn't cave to cancel culture, that doesn't cave to, uh, the government's every whim. Uh, we want, cause there, there aren't any global brands right now that are willing to just tell the government no, and to actually fight against the government and use their company as a means to do so. Could you imagine if Netflix was pushing out, um, uh, pro-capitalism <laughs> like narratives in their films and TV shows like all the time like that that would be incredible um, and so what we need is conservatives uh, conservatives and libertarians to invest their money big risk investments uh, with a mate with a with a, a great outcome the, poten the potential for an out a great outcome um, and, and, and a lot of profit and so that's our goal our goal is to be a, a global brand uh, that doesn't sell itself to the first Marxist bidder um, and, and, and that we do really well and that we can, as it says on our webpage, we can uh, uh, create stories that fight the culture. So, okay, now let me put my, on my, uh, my naysayer hat. But Marcus, isn't this just creating more of an echo chamber? Isn't this just isolating us from the mainstream conversation and making us go into our bubble? No, because I said global brand. Um, I didn't say I want to be the top Christian brand. Um, I didn't say I want to be the top conservative brand. See, every every company is run by some sort of ideology, um, and so I don't think it's you know it's not it's not it's not it's not a lie to say Netflix is driven by Marxist, uh, communist ideologies in a lot of what they do, or at least they're being uh, pulled in those directions. Uh, so every company has these sort of ideologies. What I want is I want a global, a global brand, uh, just like a McDonald's, uh, just like a Chick-fil-A or a Hobby Lobby. Um, they have different worldviews that drive what they do. Uh, but the question isn't necessarily what do the people believe at the top, but do they make a good product, right? Do, it does do, are they efficient? Are they productive with what they do are they profitable like those are the core standards of every sort of business is in that in that in that sense and so no we're, we're not trying to create uh, a sort of bubble uh and also i don't believe uh that bubbles uh should be done with movies because i i pretty much know every conservative uh i know that's gone to see you know the latest spider-man or they've gone to see the latest uh uh, Star Wars movie or whatever uh, and the truth is that just good stories if you just tell a good story everybody's going to want to watch it um, and I really believe that's just the key to, to, to running a streaming company is just good content um, and then you don't have to have um, incredibly um, 
preachy altar call sermon stuff like you know pureflix has um to be able to get people to watch your stories um especially on the conservative side i think you just need good stories um good stories where they know uh that they're not being swindled <laughs> yeah like they did for superman and lois season two episode two right like where it took that long you know you, like, i don't know if you guys you've watched superman and lois on cw first season was this incredible story of Superman trying to raise his family and you know it's just very patriarchal in a sense um uh not feminist none of that like just really just traditional family on the farm um Superman has to decide if he's going to you know save the lives of these people falling off a bridge or if if he's going to be back at home t- in time for dinner right like those are the <laughs> real consequences of Superman having a family and it was really great and then you know, it they started to push the LGBT agenda. It took, you know, the second episode of the second season for them. And they do it in such a way that you know they're doing it, right? And they don't have to do it. Um, and it, it's just, it just comes off as annoying, like, you know, the altar call scenes in Pure Flix movies. Uh, so they do it the same way uh, that everybody else does. And so we just want to tell good stories. That's it. Yeah, I'm not sure your your thoughts on the Mandalorian. I'm not sure if you watched the Mandalorian. Um, I love the Mandalorian. So, okay, I call it the Mandalorian effect because oh, I think the Mandalorian is. I think I think Disney sometimes makes these shows that are really incredible, but they don't know why. Yep, and that's why that's right there. That's I I, I coined it the Mandalorian effect today. I think maybe because they're like, oh, the Mandalorian is doing really well, so we should bring in um, feminist narratives, and it's like, no, no, no. Well, and I, I, that was my intro for my wife to Star Wars and she got hooked on the Mandalorian despite, you know, we had gone to see the newer movies in the theaters and she, she, eh, whatever. When we watched the Mandalorian, she was hooked and it was entirely because of the story being told. And I mean, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't sexy graphics. It wasn't, you know, a revolutionary way of doing things. It was just telling a good story and, and to the point, and this just proves your model it was what the fans wanted. The fans had been just demanding that authentic, real, like that old Star Wars feel. And this has really given Star Wars a really necessary, I say necessary, maybe not necessary, but if Star Wars was to continue to be the brand that it had been really iconically become, they need to have a little jump start. And I think the, the trilogy, it didn't really help with that. Yeah, I think that's because Star Wars is in, inherently at its core it's a it's a John Wayne film. Yeah. Right. It is it is the man rescuing the woman. It is, you know, right? It is it is kill the dragon, get the girl at its foundation. Like that's the message. Even though she's your sister. What? It said even though she's your sister. <laughs> yeah, I mean you didn't know. But but still, I mean of course of course a brother should protect his sister too. So but but it's still that there's that masculinity there. And then when you go to the Mandalorian, you see it again with a father uh, taking care of a, a child. Um, yep. And then there's, all, of course, all this cool stuff about adoption and stuff that's intertwined in there. And that's the John Favreau's uh, uh, credit because every story he does, he talks about how every story he does has an inherent father-son plot in it. So if you look at, like, Jungle Book, you look at Elf. Elf, I was going to say, yeah. Lion King. Right? Chef. It all has this father-and-son narrative in it. And that's because... Um, his mom died when he was little and him and his dad would watch movies. Um, and so, so 
I think they don't realize that. They just think John Favreau is a great director, and he is a great director, but they don't understand the underlying why everybody's attached to this. When 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 you see a movie like The Mandalorian, when your wife watches The Mandalorian, she's she's attracted to a strong man protecting a child. <laughs> That's what most women are supposed to <laughs> to be attracted to, um, and you know, not the effeminate stuff that we see nowadays. Uh, but so I think there are these inherent cool undertones but yes that's a great example mandalorian's a great example of a really good story uh, that doesn't need to sway back and forth into all these weird um plot lines that push an agenda because the story itself is a good story that upholds that father-son relationship that we need to hear more we don't ever hear that anymore so authenticity sells and people are looking for that real authentic story being told. And, and Hey, let's uh, go ahead and tell some more of those stories. And if you want to go ahead and start doing that, Lord TV is the place to go. So with that being said, Marcus, we are unfortunately hard pressed for time. So where can folks go ahead? The call to action today, obviously go ahead, support Lord TV, support you. And obviously they want to go ahead and start getting some content out there. We're going to ahead and go do that. Yeah. So if you go to lore.tv, um, we're, we're about to launch in a few weeks. We haven't started yet. The beta will be soon. We'll be sending out some beta invite links. Um, so just check your email, go, go to lore.tv, sign up for the email list to get, to get ready. And then, um, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be sending out the notices very soon. Exciting stuff, exciting stuff. And how about this, folks? If you subscribe to the morning sales huddle, when the day comes that, uh, we officially have the beta launch, I'll make sure I include that as a little snippet because yeah, Fighting the culture with great storytelling, I dare say that is one of the tools in the proverbial tool belt that we need to be focusing on. So uh, thank you for the, all you're doing, Marcus. And folks, if you want to go ahead and do your part, please, yes, uh, we'll make sure we include all the links to today's episode in the show notes for both Marcus, Lore TV, and the entire transcript of today's episode. But with that being said, Marcus Pittman, Lore TV, thanks for joining the program. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe. Want to help us reach more people? Give the show a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Find us at briannicholsshow.com and download the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow me on social media at bnicholsliberty and consider donating to the show at briannicholsshow.com forward slash support. The Brian Nichols Show is supported by viewers like you. Thank you to our patrons, Daryl Schmitz, Laura Stanley, Michael Lima, Mitchell Mankiewicz, Cody Johns, Craig DaCosta, and the We Are Libertarians Network. Audio production for The Brian Nichols Show is brought to you by DB Podcast Audio. Learn more by emailing inquiries to william at dbpodaudio.com.